Planescape Torment, the unofficial audio series. A narrative let's play adapted and produced by Revoke GM. Combining in-game audio with additional voice acting through dialogue and descriptions to improve your listening experience. Rediscover the amazing story of the 1999 cult classic isometric video game, Planescape Torment, like you've never heard before. News of your recent deeds seems to have traveled, and furtive glances haunt you as you pass in the grey, damp light of this sigil morning. It is not common nor safe to stand out in these slums you gather. A troop of black-clad dustmen pad before you, chanting their appraisal of the true death. With the shadow of the mortuary looming in the streets above, their stoic nature brings strange relief as the grim noose of reality hangs around this neck of the hive. As they pass, one of them, at least, nods at you with acknowledgement. Greetings. The dustman appears to have heard you, but she does not respond. I would speak with you for a moment. The dustman lifts her head. She does not stop chanting, keeping the same pace and tone as the other dustman about her. I, I'm here for one who was lost. The mourner suddenly stops, and she studies you. Then it is you I must mourn. For the one who is lost is most fortunate in the passing. Uh, it, it is not I who feels this loss, yet another, who I know has lost much in their life. This life is naught but ash, pale and false, anchored only by our emotion. As long as one clings to it, they will be continually reborn into it. One must divest themselves of emotion to escape this cycle. We dustmen seek the true death. Some call it oblivion, but this is incorrect. To dustmen, the true death is freedom from the chains of this life. The false life. False life. <laughs> I see. Does this one you speak of feel anguish over the one that has died? Uh, yes. My friend, uh, Adan, just lost someone close to him. He does. He, he feels anguish over the person who died and cannot move on. We will mourn his pain, if he will not take offense. If you could, it, it would ease his pain greatly. The dustman nods and resumes chanting. Unlike the previous chant, this one is more subtle. At times, it is so low it seems to blend in with the noise from the streets. The dustmen fall completely silent after a minute or so, speak several lines praising the true death, then begin their chant again. Uh, uh, Craddock! Good sir! Uh, what? You see a heavy-set man with sharp features and a pained expression. Despite his huge frame, however, he has a delicate grace about him. And unlike many of the other residents you've seen, he looks to have bathed recently. Uh, his hopeful expression dies as he studies your face. A, a thousand apologies, good sir, if I've given offense. He gives a slight bow. I am called Bane the Sender, third child of Die Bane the Sender. I am one of the many runners in the employ of the House of Senders. You haven't offended me yet. What do you want? A, a thousand apologies for troubling you with such a trivial matter, but I seek Craddock. 
an overseer in the hive. Bane looks like he is in pain. But alas, he eludes me. Could it be you have heard of such a man? Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't. <sighs> I am bound to deliver a message to him, and as yet, fortune has chosen not to favor me. I could help you. If I come across the man, I could pass along your message, I suppose. His face lights up like a lantern. Oh! Oh, fortunate day for Bane in the House of Senders. Any assistance you could provide would be most welcome. If you can find this Craddock and pass along the message, I shall see to it you are paid for your troubles. All right. What's the message? Bane recites the message, almost like a mantra. The shipment must be incursed by the third day or there will be a penalty. Bane frowns. I am told that Craddock will know the shipment to which the message pertains. If I see Craddock, I'll pass along the message. Is there anything you can tell me about him? He is said to be a giant of a man, stern of features, grim face, no offense, and that he is currently overseeing a project connected to one of the Hive marketplaces. Alas, I know little else than that, good sir. I see. Well, the only market I know really is on Powers Row. Uh, I'll check there, I guess. He gives a deep bow. Oh, thank you, sir. Should fortune favor you and you are able to bear the message to Craddock, be so kind as to return and tell me of it. I will see to it your efforts are rewarded. Very well. Farewell, Bane. Outside the market on Powers Row, the noise of industry resonates off of every brick and beam. Creaking derricks groan under the strain as they shift crates of iron and timber, and the otherwise silent Dabus join the din, clanging their hammers to the unknown purpose of their Lady of Pain. At the heart of the bustle, you see a huge man watching the area with a tight-lipped frown and narrowed eyes. He is hunched slightly, as if bearing a heavy load on his shoulders. The smell of iron and grease wafts from his clothes, and a layer of ingrained dirt fills every crack in his skin, like mortar in some living statue. Greetings. The man glances down at you, and his frown deepens. Oi, what are you sniffing round here for? You Craddock? Mayhap. He studies your face, as if trying to recall you. If I am, what be it to you? I come with a message from Bane the Sender. The message states, the shipment must be incursed by the third day, or there will be a penalty. What the hells? Can they be such fools that they think we can miracle it there? Alright then. Your message has found its way to the right ears. For all the good it will do. Well, what's the problem? Well, look around you. Craddock nods at the laborers on the site, then scowls. These laggards and halfwits can barely keep up with the load as it stands. And now he's doing it half the time. Do you need any help? I'll tell you what I need. All my mentor sharp for work. I got at least three different factions breathing down my neck. Two of my crew were injured and sent back to Kip. And now July's gone missing since this morn, and I need him back now. Which factions? The minders of your own bleeding business. All right. Well, July, where'd he go? Not with my luck. The hive bred goat is probably passed out in the banks of the ditch. With a sort. I could go find him for you. Oh. Oh, you could, could you? Craddock squints at you. And now, why would you do that? You need help, don't you? It doesn't sound like you can spare the time to go looking for him. And there's work to be done. Craddock is silent for a moment, then nods. You find July. You tell him to drag his worthless hide here. I'll pay you for your trouble. When you found him, all right? Now get... All right, easy on the attitude. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. 
Please, pardon my behaviour. Kindly, Carr, do inform my leather-headed puddle of an employee to drag his flea-ridden, bub-infested carcass to this humble site while I go and quiet the child some synchronous and tell the governors it was just a tax write-off. So now I need to send down the Red Death, driving off my own bleeding workforce in fear of facing the world. You leave Craddock to his problems and head into the market proper to see about finding this July. Look here, look here, the finest Toledo blades. Cold, razor-edged steel, straight enough to make a godsman blush. Oh, 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 well, Megan Cutter, come back for more of the finest steel in Sigil, have you? I think you're mistaking me for someone else. Oh, no matter, no matter. Come on over, see what I can get you. This merchant seems to be peddling an array of mostly battered weaponry. However, you do spot one piece of high quality amongst the trash. A long-hafted battle-axe. It's beautifully crafted and detailed with intricate runes. I call this one Giant's Razor. So sharp you could shave with it. Though I wouldn't try that with a few mugs of ale in you. <laughs> Some Borea came through after a ride on the plains and claimed he'd retired from a life of violence. Go on, go on, pick it up. The haft is made of real ironwood. It's a heavy enough weapon, but the heft is satisfying to hold and it's balanced such that with practice, you are certain you could wield it with precision. As you trace your fingers along the carvings, a rush of memories jolt through your mind. You are crawling through a low, narrow passage. The only source of light is the red glow of a dying torch. In a flash, you are suddenly grasping the ossified rung of some macabre ladder, a fetid green gas rising beneath you. Then suddenly, you are peering through the eye hole of a giant skull. A landscape torn with hate and ruin lies before you. Blood drips down your arm, loosening the blade from your weakened grip. And suddenly, the axe falls from your hands, clattering against the Sigil Street, just missing the bridge of your foot. Whoa, easy, Basher. <laughs> Maybe we find something a little lighter for you, eh? No, no, my, my apologies. I, I need no weapons. But I had some questions. I've got a job to do, sir. <coughs> she suddenly turns her head and coughs into her hand. Excuse me. As I was saying, I can't, I can't well stop selling just to speak with you. Uh, are you sick? Oh, 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 nay, nay, Cutter. Just old. <laughs> I thank you for the concern, though. She smiles at you as she places the axe back onto the rack and wipes away the grit. Well, maybe I can pay you for your time. You hand her three coppers. What can you tell me about this area? Hmm, what, the marketplace or the hive? Either way, as long as you watch your back and get somewhere safe by dark, it's not too bad a place, as far as slums go. What about the construction site outside the market? She spits on the floor. Oh, some endless thought guild feud. It's about a bridge, or, or not a bridge. It depends how you look at it. Still, plenty of goods coming and going. Always good for a trade. Uh, I see. I'm looking for one of the workers. July. The only description I have is a... Uh, bubbed-up, hive-bred goat. Oh, well, if that's all you need, that'd describe almost anything, Sigil. So just grab some willing sod and get them to pretend. <laughs> you know, that's not as helpful as it sounds. You paid me for my time, not my answers, Cutter. I would have helped if I could have, truly. But, but I don't know this July. So, you gonna buy the axe? As you begin to leave the market, you see a dustman in long black robes and a pale face. Unlike the dustman you saw earlier this morning, however, this man looks confused and is glancing about as if looking for something. When he spots you, he raises his hand to attract your attention. 
Greetings. The man seems relieved that you are speaking to him. He bows slightly. Ah, oh, oh, thank you for hearing me, traveller. I am known as Ashmanel, one of the Dustman sect. I was wondering if you could direct me. I don't know the area very well, and, and I'm looking for a certain establishment, a bar, that those of my sect frequent. Do, do you know of such a place? Oh, the Dustman Bar. It's by the mortuary. Orient yourself by the mortuary front gate, then walk directly downward. You, you, you can't miss it. The Dustman smiles surprisingly warmly and bows again. Ah, oh, thank you very much, Traveller. I appreciate your kindness. The people of the Hive are rarely helpful in such matters. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, say, can I ask you some questions? Oh, yeah, what, what, what questions do you have? Can you tell me a little about the Dustman? He pauses for a moment, then nods. Uh, it, it would be my pleasure. We, the Dustman, we recognize this life for what it is. An opportunity to experience our passions before the next life. We, we sift through the dust of our past lives for meaning before the next. <laughs> I, I see. It's clear this man cannot be a Dustman. But to know what his game truly is, you may need to keep him talking. Well, anything you can tell me about the area? Uh, this area? <laughs> well, well there, there's a market, as you've seen, I believe, and, and, and some government office, damn it. Uh, the, the Vermin Control Office, I think. You seem to know this area very well. Oh, I get it, I get it. This hive is a large place cutter. I know some areas but not others, all right? Well, thanks for the information. And thank you for your time. The dustman nods and gives a final bow. Certainly. Farewell. Through your time around the dustman, or perhaps just your reliably accurate paranoia, you know this cannot truly be a member of the faction. So, as you turn to leave, you subtly keep an eye on your purse and notice Ashmantle removing his hand from it. Oh, uh, one more thing. What's all the work being done around here? Oh, well, the construction? Ah, a lot of nonsense from the high-ups. We've been slowing the progress, though. We? Uh, I, uh, I mean we, as uh, dustmen. We see all things mundane as slow. Lives should be full of passion, exhilaration. He begins to bob up and down, as if bowing would somehow erase what he said from your memory. Uh-huh. <laughs> Right. Ashmantle seems to rely primarily on his dustman costume to disarm his victim and uses his frequent bowing motions to cover his pickpocketing attempts. You make a mental note of his technique, and this time, don't even wait to watch for another attempt. Your hand snaps out and grips the collar of his robes. You see his facade crumple, and he snarls as he tries to get away. Uh, unhand me, dog, or I'll call the guards. Guards? Go ahead and call them. I'm sure there's plenty around here. What gave me away? He looks more irritated than anything else. Your skill in picking pockets needs work. And you really should do some research if you're going to pass as a dustman. What do you mean? I'll leave that for you to figure out. Now, I have some questions for you. What, 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 what's your questions, then? I'm looking for someone named July. You know him. <laughs> What, what about him? Who is he? Will you let me go if I tell you? You have my word that I'll let you go. If you answer my questions. 
He's a sodding Burke who turned stag against the Doom Guard. He was supposed to do something to halt the construction of the bridge. I don't know much else about it. But I'd be careful if I was tangling with him. He's marked now. Where can I find him? He's likely getting bubbed up at Ulick's Baus across the ditch. A huge batch of tents and kegs on Waterside. Head over the Furling Spam. You won't miss it. Don't watch your step. It's a death trap, that thing. One wrong foot and they'll be saying the ditch beast snagged you. You're going to let me go now? Leave. I don't even want to hear of you pulling this little con in the hive again. Understand? He nods. I agreed. We'll never cross paths again. I'll find another peel. A, a job elsewhere. Very well. Now go. You loosen your grip, and immediately he bolts with such speed that a scrap of his robe tears away in your hand. Attached to the cloth is a wrought iron brooch, fashioned like a screaming skull, with blades protruding from its sides. Thank you for listening to Planescape Torment, the unofficial audio series, a Revoker GM production. To support the show and those involved, please consider subscribing to our Patreon or donating via our Ko-fi page. Links to both are in the description.